Hey guys, here's a bonus episode. I jumped on the radio with Doug Amos on the Max Roundtable on ESPN The Ticket in Montgomery. Now that the portal is closed, we know Hugh Freeze makes this statement late last week. Well, nobody in the portal is really exciting me right now, but that doesn't mean something couldn't happen tomorrow that excited me, and then boom, yeah. uh, it happens. G- give us the Zach Blackerby take on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, first one is Casey Thompson, right? The the former Texas and more uh, more recently the former Nebraska quarterback. He enters the portal. A lot of Auburn fans get excited. He's quickly on Auburn's campus on an official visit about 48 hours after the fact. And then on Sunday, um, you know, the last day that the portal was open, you see Peyton Thorne, the former Michigan State quarterback, enter the portal. And with Thompson kind of coming and going, kind of makes you wonder. It kind of seems like, Doug, kind of seems like Hugh Freeze is really interested in what Peyton Thorne could offer to this team. And the two years to one there. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you believe, uh, we t- we talked about this with Gordy uh, for a little while. You know, if you bring in Thompson and you sit down the other two guys, uh, Garner and, and Robbie Ashford, and say, look, Sure. This guy's got more experience. We're going to pretty much believe that he may win the job, but we don't want you going anywhere the next time the portal opens. We want to improve your play, get you better, because he's just going to be here one year, and we think both of you guys or individually, you'll have a great chance to make it happen in 24. What are your thoughts about that? Um, if that happened, I don't know if the guys currently on the roster would buy it. Got it. I think um, I don't think Hugh Freeze would mind if either of those guys enter the portal next year. When I think they the need portal? them. I, when, I, when I think they need next? them this year. When uh, it's going to be in December, right? Okay. It's going to be in December next time it opens. So after the season, and so I think um, I don't know what Robbie's graduation situation is. Obviously, he's already transferred once from Oregon to Auburn, and so he'll have to do similar to what TJ Finley announced he was doing yesterday. He's going to have to wait to graduate to be able to transfer again without sitting out. Then Holden Gurner could transfer you know, whenever he wants. And so, you know, especially if it's Peyton Thorne, like who, like you said, has two years left, the timing makes a little bit more sense when you do it that way. If you look at the quarterbacks that Hugh Freeze has brought in, not the ones that he inherited, but the ones that he brought in. So it's all of a sudden, in 23, you would get Thorne. In 24, you would get Thorne unless he was either really bad or really, really good and went to the NFL. I I think he's going to be kind of in the middle of the pack there. So you probably get two years with him. And then... You got Hank Brown, who will be a freshman this year, so he'd be uh, he'd be a, a redshirt sophomore at that point. Or you can bring in Walker White to to start, you know, nice. after two years of Peyton Thorne. So the timing makes more sense in my mind if you get the two year dude. And so you know, and then all of a sudden, Hugh Freeze has quarterbacks to pick from that he brought in, not that the not that that previous guy brought in. It, it, has there been a decision made either way, the young man or whether Auburn's interested in the Michigan State wide receiver that jumped into the portal uh, basically the same time Peyton Thorne did? I'm sure they're interested. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I, I'm sure Auburn's interested. I don't know. I haven't really heard a whole lot about Coleman being interested in Auburn. Talking to folks up in Michigan State, as soon as Thorne entered the portal, there was buzz around, okay, He's probably going to Auburn. With with Coleman, there was a lot of buzz to Oklahoma, and a few other schools have popped up since then. Uh, Uh I've seen Florida State, I think, be kind of another leader. I'm sure Hugh Freeze and you know 
Marcus Davis. I'm, I'm sure they've called him, but um, there's also a report that, that 247 put out, I think last night, Doug, that Coleman entered the portal to like get away from his quarterback. I don't know if I'm <laughs> buying all that, but I mean, if that's the case, then of course he's not going to come to Auburn. But wouldn't you say, and let's leave that potential fact off to the side for a second. Okay. If you're a guy that has had success at the power five level in a league like the big 10, right? If you looked at Auburn's wide receiver room, wouldn't that be an attractive landing spot to you? If you were going to leave and especially getting down to the South at end of the league where more recruit, more guys sign NFL or get drafted by the NFL than any other league. Yeah. Yeah. But they haven't done it at Auburn, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if Bama called, or if LSU called, you know, I'd probably pick up the phone and talk to him. But until Hugh Freeze kind of elevates the play at wide receiver, I, if I was a top guy, I don't know why I would go to Auburn. I'm just, I'm just being honest, Doug. I mean, until I mean, you, you've seen guys get drafted and they end up being a little bit better in the NFL than they were in college. You know, your Anthony Schwartzes or or your Darius Slaytons, and you know, he, he, I mean, he even dropped off this past year some. But I, I just, I, I think. I think Hugh Freeze is going to have to develop some of these guys that he has on the roster and kind of prove to say like, hey, doesn't matter who you are, I can get you open and I can help you accumulate yards and, and we'll certainly see if he's able to do that. I talked to Camden Brown yesterday, Doug, and you know he he loves this new offense. The receivers love this new offense. They feel really good about the work that they did in spring as far as dissecting and absorbing everything that Philip Montgomery and Hugh Freeze were talking about. But they've still they've still got a long way to go, and they're all open to the fact that there's going to be a ton of battles still going on in the fall, which Auburn needs right now because competition makes you better as a team and as a program, as a roster. So um, as far as attracting top receivers, I think there's – I don't think it's a coincidence, Doug, that – Auburn has offered a lot of these top receivers in the portal, but nobody's been super excited to, to come here yet. So I want to ask you this because you're much more qualified to answer it than me. You talk to players on a, on a daily, weekly, if not daily basis. Um, if I were a wide receiver and forget that it's Auburn, I would be more interested in Hugh Freeze and sure. what he's done. Uh, at Ole Miss and at Liberty with receivers. Not so much what the last couple of Auburn coaches have done with the receivers. Yeah. I want to know what's happening in the future, not the past. And, you know, Dante Moncrief played at Ole Miss under free. Mm -hmm. So did Laquan Treadwell. He had some other receivers that did really well. He was able to recruit some really good receivers. That's what would most interest me. But, but you know, maybe I'm off base there. Yeah, uh, you know DK Metcalf, AJ yeah. Brown. I mean, yeah, he's had a he had a great run of receivers at Ole Miss, and you know there are some Liberty receivers that got drafted over the weekend too. One to, to my New England Patriots. So yeah, there, no, there's no question, Doug. But I still think if you're a receiver and you're seeing some of these receivers take their time, right? Like Burton, the former four star Ohio State wide receiver, or uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, the Colorado receiver that's in the portal right now that is a lot of people are calling and hitting up right now. These guys are taking their time. And I think some of it has to do with the fact that like, okay, who's going to be throwing me the football. And yeah. that's something that Hugh, if they ask that question to Hugh freeze, either he knows something that isn't made public yet, which could certainly be the case, 
or he has to say, I don't know yet, but I hope it works out. And so until, until a Peyton Thorne or a Casey Thompson come in, I don't think receivers are going to be thrilled to transfer to catch passes from Robbie Ashford. I, 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 that's just That's just how I think right now. So let's talk about what we do know. Auburn did get a commitment out of the portal this week. Talk about the edge rusher from App State. Now you had mentioned last week that that was a position of need, yeah. that the, the coaches were looking hard in the portal for some help there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jalen McLeod, the top edge rusher from App State, a year ago. I think there's a lot to like about this guy. He's got a good motor. He's got a good first step. He's aggressive. He's violent at the point of attack. And I think this is what the portal, this is like the positive side of the transfer portal. We always want to complain about, you know, certain nuances of the transfer portal in the current state of college football. And I get it. People can do whatever they want. But this is a kid who out of high school, his best offer was App State. And then he develops as a football player. And all of a sudden, schools for the, the best conference and the highest level of college football want him to elevate his game and, and come on. And so now all of a sudden he can play in the SEC and potentially get drafted down the road, maybe a little bit higher than he would have at, at App State. So I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Consistent pressure. His best game of the season last year was against Texas A&M, which is cool because yeah. I, you know, that was pretty much their best competition that they went against. And Texas A&M is not great, right? But Auburn plays Texas A&M. They play teams that's going to be in the same tier as Texas A&M. So the fact that he wasn't just accumulating stats by beating up on smaller teams, he could do it against teams in the SEC. That was in Texas A&M, too. It was in College Station. So got five quarterback hurries against the Aggies last year. Auburn will take that this season against the Aggies in a heartbeat from one player. So you like that. Some interesting things, and this is just kind of the nerdy stuff that I look at, but the the jack position that Hugh Freeze and Coach Roberts, the defensive coordinator, have brought in so far, the build's a little different. You know, you, they brought in the lone five star from this past class, Keldrick Fox, six five. You know, Elijah McAllister, both these guys, six five, six six, two hundred and sixty ish pounds. This dude is not that. Some places have Jalen McLeod listed at six one two thirty. I've seen other places have him listed at six two two twenty. Regardless, this is a smaller guy. I'm curious to see if they can use him on early downs against run-heavy teams that run early in the in, in the in the snap count when it comes to you know conference play. I'm curious. I'm curious to see how they use him. I think he's going to be primarily just used as a pass rusher. Zach, over the last couple of weeks, you've been not very optimistic. If you were pushed against the wall to say how many wins you think are coming in 2023. Is that changing any you're growing in optimism here? Cause I think your number over the last couple of weeks has been around six. So I'm curious as to where that stands now. Yeah. I mean, I think most of the time when I answer that question at seven and five, which is pretty dang close to six. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't know where we've added another win or two. Yeah, you know, is, is Peyton Thorne a one win or two wins better than Robbie Ashford? I don't know. I don't know. I, I could talk myself into it to some extent, but is the passing game going to get dramatically better? I'm not sure because you're probably going to lose some of the rushing game too, if that's the case. So I don't know. I don't know. Right now, Doug, until something crazy happens and Auburn brings in some receivers and maybe another jack or two that you feel pretty good about the pass rush, I'm probably going to stay at seven and five for a while. Zach, I want to take a break. When we get back, I want to share with you a conversation that I had with former Auburn quarterback Charlie Trotman about Great. 
Hugh Freeze. And I think it's very intriguing because we both agree on this. And I'm dying to know what your feelings are. And I'll share it with you when we get back. Well, we were talking just about Hugh Freeze and how Mm -hmm. much he was buying into Coach Freeze and much more so now than perhaps when when the hire happened. And and he loves the humility that he sees from him, and he compared it to this to that of Bruce Pearl uh, when Bruce Pearl was hired at Auburn, and he sees it like I see it. I, I fully believe this, Zach. I'm curious as to where you are. I think Bruce Pearl will coach his last college basketball game as Auburn's head basketball coach, and I'm believing the same thing with Hugh Freeze. I don't wow. think. He's going to ever leave for another job. I think he's going to do really well, and I believe he'll coach his last college football game as Auburn's head coach. That's uh, That'd be a great situation uh, for Auburn because that means he's winning. That means he's winning and he's recruiting and he's doing everything he needs to do at a high level. So that would be, that'd be awesome. I'm not quite ready to say that, but man, there are a lot of similarities between him and Bruce Pearl, aren't they? I mean, just the the whole like, this feels like the last chance, you know, to kind of come back at a high level. And then the emphasis of recruiting and just the way that they can connect with one another and to, 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 uh, to the players and the boosters and to fans. Um, I mean, at any time, like you stop Hugh freeze at the complex, like he's not, he's not going to like just keep walking and say, Hey, good to see you kind of thing. He's going to stop, look you in the eye and talk to you like a human. and. That's nice. Like, I don't think Auburn's really had that since Tuberville. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty cool thing. And Auburn, Auburn people are going to really respond to that. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I'm curious, through your interaction with the Locked On Auburn fan base, have you noticed any I, – I feel at first it seems um, – we're far – we're kind of removed from it now, but it seemed at mm-hmm. first there was pushback and not everybody was on the same page, but it seems like that's changed. Yeah, I'm actually pretty surprised. I talked about this probably a few months ago at this point, but, like, I was surprised how quickly the the side of folks, the part of the Auburn fan base that was, like, against the Hugh Freeze hire, like, they chilled out pretty quick. And it wasn't even – I, I think they kind of stopped kind of pushing back even before he really got the recruiting stuff going and finishing out the, the 23 class the way he, he that he did. I, so I don't know. I, I guess Auburn's PR was like, let's just grin and bear it and see what happens and it'll go away. And it did. It went away in like probably like 36 to 48 hours after he was hired. You know, I'm I'm getting a bunch of texts, Zach, saying, oh, yes, please. Uh, I think he will coach his last game at Auburn. So they kind of like that. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, do we really know? Uh, and I, we haven't known since, I mean, I think almost Pat Dye, quite frankly, because of the turmoil that was, pres- that was present during the Tommy Tuberville years. Do we do we really know what an Auburn football program looks like with complete stability at the at the head coach's position? I mean, I think there were parts of the Malzahn era that showed that. I mean, early Malzahn, 2013-2014, I think certainly had that. And then kind of feels like the Malzahn era, it couldn't peak cuz he obviously never went back to a national championship after his first year, but I mean, 2017, I think there was a feeling around the program like after the Iron Bowl when Auburn 
for the first time really that I can remember, you know, in my adult life, that I like, actually handled Alabama. And like, okay, there was a feeling in that post-game press conference that like Gus had done it. Like Gus had figured out how to do it. And then obviously you get you, you get whooped by Georgia because Carrion got hurt in the SEC championship game. But there was kind of a belief at that point where it's like, okay, you know, may, maybe this has been it. And then it kind of fizzled out because they forgot to recruit offensive linemen after that. But I, I think you felt it through parts of the Malzahn administration. I, I'm higher on Gus than a lot of Auburn people. Uh, I think a lot of Auburn people are kind of acting like Gus was a worse head coach than he actually was while he was here. Um, but man, you know, we, uh, we you kind of heard all these stories about the recruiting during Malzahn and the recruiting during Harson or lack thereof. And it's like, we've talked about this before, Doug, you know, when, when we were listing out traits that you wanted in the next head coach, recruiting was a big part of it. But like, I've never really covered that before because Malzahn didn't really do it. He had staff, a staff that would, you know, they recruited the heck out of folks, you know, consistently in the top 10, but they didn't like wake up obsessed with it. And Brian Harson, of course, didn't. And so now seeing like what Hugh Freeze is doing and his staff is doing, it feels different. It feels different. Something that I've never really been able to cover before because, because it hasn't, been at Auburn. And so I think from a recruiting standpoint, yes, the stability is certainly there. Now the difference is, and the caveat is like, what does NIL look like? How do you handle the stability with NIL when it's the rules seem to be changing every six months? So I still think it's going to take time, but um, the path to stability seems clearer at Auburn now than it ever has. So help me with this. And this also came up. We have very interesting breakfast, Charlie and I. You should come sometime. It sounds like it. Uh, yeah. We always pick up the tab for visitors so you would eat for free. Okay. Um, but it, it seems that over the last couple of regimes, and maybe even going back further, that there there has been input from folks outside the football office into the program. Okay. We'll just call it what okay. it is. We'll leave it at that. Does that still exist uh, to, to an unhealthy extent? Cause there's always some of that. I don't care what program you have. There's some of that at Alabama. There's some of that at Georgia. There's some of that at Oklahoma and USC too, but it can get to an unhealthy level. I don't know what that is, but we feel it when it's there. W where does where does that stand currently as compared to maybe where it's been over the last handful of years? That's such an interesting conversation. I think I look at this a little bit different than a lot of people. And, you know, this may, this may get some Auburn folks upset, but like you need that to a certain extent, you need that. You're telling me Nick Saban doesn't have a list of five, 10, 15 people he can call to, you know, put an NIL deal together. If he catches when the, one of his guys is leaving, like, of course he does. Of course he does. So, um, you know, I'm glad that you said the unhealthy level because it kind of felt like it got to that point towards the end of the Malzahn stint. But, you know, you, you, you've got those guys in the Auburn basketball realm, in the Auburn basketball arena, that are very, very involved. Bruce Pearl just knows how to handle it better. I don't sure. think Gus really mastered the social aspect of all of that. And I think Hugh Freeze is going to have that. Nick Saban has that, obviously. Kirby Smart seems to certainly have that. And so, you know, I... I I, I think I think you have to have it, Doug. I think you have to have those people to win right now. And so if somebody's giving you a million dollars, whether it's to your program or to your collective, like, yeah, I mean, you got to give them some, you got to make them feel like they have somewhat of an input. 
or you know you may lose that money. So it's a weird balance that I think you have to have somebody that socially gets it and is able to play that game. That's where the politician role comes in. That's what Brian Harson would not do. And, and I think you know if you're a head coach in the SEC, yes, you're a head coach, but you're also a salesman. You're also an executive of a multi-million dollar company, and you're a politician. I mean, you've got a lot of hats you got to wear. All right, Zach, as we as we begin to wrap up here, um, your thoughts in the basketball portal, what's happening there? We always like to get updates from you. Do you foresee some different things? I kind of thought some things would have already happened since we last visited, uh, and I'm a little bit surprised they have not. Yeah, I, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I thought more would have happened as well. I guess the the Matthew Cleveland stuff is still in the air, but if you're an Auburn person, you got to feel not as confident as you did a while ago. Um, but you know, you still got Chaney Johnson. Uh, you got Aiden Holloway coming in. I mean, there's there's a lot to like about what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I thought the roster would be closer to finish at this point than it is. And final point. Looks like Butch Thompson's baseball team may be coming to life a little bit here late. Great. Yeah. This past weekend. Yeah. Good for him and good for those guys. And so, you know, you go out and you win a series on the road against South Carolina, the number three team in college baseball who didn't drop at all in the polls, by the way. And then it doesn't get easier. Now you got to play the number one team yeah. in baseball and they're the number one team by a pretty wide gap. And so if Auburn can, keep it going and if they were somehow able to take two out of three against LSU all of a sudden it's like okay Auburn's back in postseason play and they're playing at a level where if you're an SEC team you probably don't want to play Auburn if they're uh, if they're able to do all of that so and that's all without Joseph Gonzalez you know can Joseph Gonzalez come back he's missed pretty much the whole season due to um some shoulder I forget if it's his shoulder or his elbow but he kind of nicked it playing um doing some post uh some off-season stuff with team usa so can they figure all that out if he can come back all of a sudden that's six innings in a weekend that you don't have to worry about i actually saw a baseball bracketology earlier who knew uh and it's got auburn as a three seed um really they're playing, yeah they're 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 playing better baseball so uh and at last check zach as we close out yeah it's my understanding that if you're into such things, you can still bet on Auburn baseball. You can't do that with the team across the state, but you can bet on Auburn baseball if you so choose to do so. Yeah, what a what a wild thing. Isn't I actually didn't crazy? know you I didn't know you could bet on college. I've never seen a sports book that allowed you to bet on college baseball. So that was my first question when I read that. But it, yeah, weird that that came out and then like nobody really has a whole lot on it other than like they're just they're pulling bama baseball lines that, that's odd i i don't know if i've ever seen that Doug. yeah i got sent a story out of new orleans saying this one will explain it all to you and it didn't explain anything to me <laughs> no it just <laughs> says like unusual activity it's like well, what does that mean like exactly. were you betting on lsu to sweep alabama because like they're sweeping a lot of people like that's not unusual so and then alabama almost came back at the end so yeah weird weird storyline all right, Zach, give us all the ways that we can track you down. I know you do the written word as well as the spoken word and the visual word mm -hmm. with Locked on Auburn and Auburn Daily. Yeah, Locked on Auburn available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. All you have to do is Google Locked on Auburn and different ways to watch it will uh, we'll come up. All of our written work is at AuburnDaily.com. And if you're a fan of any team, just search Locked on whatever that team is, professional or college. We probably, probably have you covered. And if you're into the Braves, read all of our written work at bravestoday.com.
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.